So we are concluding our Summer Heat series, and hopefully as our series on Summer Heat ends, so will the literal heat wave we've had this summer. Um, there are significant moments in the Bible that happen around heat, either stories that happen around fire or stories that happen in the heat of the day. Um, and as we've experienced our intense heat wave, um, it's a good reminder that God is at work when the heat is on, whether literally when it's 100 degrees or metaphorically when just the heat is on in our lives um, and life's pressures have just become too intense. Uh, it's good to remember that God is with us when the heat is on. The scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 18. Uh, go ahead, if you have your Bibles, turn there. Or if you have your phones, you can look it up on your phones. Genesis is the first book uh, of the Bible. And uh, the part of scripture we are reading is the account of Abraham and three visitors. Um, just a little bit of background here. Abraham and his wife Sarah were old and had no children. And God promises Abraham that he will have a son. And so Sarah offers her servant Hagar for Abraham to have a son with. And so Abraham has a son with Hagar, um, Ishmael, but that was not exactly what God had in mind. Ishmael was not gonna be the son of the promise. And so the Lord and two angels come to visit Abraham, and this is where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 18. Our scripture reader is Kathy Bolton. So Kathy, if you can make your way on up to the podium. And as she does, I'm gonna ask if you are able to please stand and face the center of the room. And we uh, read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives. And so Kathy, whenever you are ready, please read from Genesis chapter 18, verses one to 10. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sias of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind them. Kathy, thank you very much. You may be seated. You know, one of the jobs I had in college, um, I worked for a Korean family, um, a guy that I met in college, his name was Won Jae Lee, and he and his parents, um, they sold watches at an open air market in Palm Desert, California. And so on the weekends, I would help them set up and tear down, but my main responsibility was to sell watches. And they actually had a pretty big display of watches. They had like 10 or 12 cases 
uh, glass cases so you could see in them, and they were just full of various watches. Um, now, this is how selling watches for uh, Wan J. Lee worked, okay? Um, what the family paid for each watch, they would write on the back of each watch in Korean numbers. And so they taught me how to read these Korean numbers so I would know what they paid for each watch. And then when someone asked about one of the watches in the case, I would open up the case, pick up the watch, look at what the Korean number was so I knew what they paid for it, and then I would make up a price on the spot. That's what they asked me to do. Now, um, I would normally just add like 10 bucks to whatever the Lees happened to pay for the watch. So if they paid $10 for the watch, I would tell the person that's a $20 watch, or if they paid eight bucks, I would say that's $18, whatever, and then you'd always haggle and that kind of stuff. I will never forget one particular encounter I had with a lady who was asking me about several different watches. And um, I, would, I took several out of the case, and I would told, tell her, hey, the price of that one is 18, or that one's 20, or that one's 22. And every time I told her a price in that range, she just made this sort of this face of disgust and just handed the watch back to me. Um, now, Wanjay was watching, observing how this lady was responding to me. Um, and then he did something I never would have thought of doing, but it was genius. Um, the next watch she wanted to know about cost the Lees like eight bucks. And Wanjay took it and he looked at it and he said, this one's 50. This one's 50 bucks. And I'm standing there thinking, Wanjay, what are you doing? But I kept my poker face. Yeah, that one's 50 bucks. Okay, whatever. Um, and without hesitation, she bought it. She bought it right there, right then. What Wanjay did was counterintuitive. See, I assumed, like everybody else, that this lady wanted a deal. And so you lower the price. Uh-uh. What this lady wanted was an expensive watch. And so Wanjay sold her what she wanted, which was an expensive watch. It was counterintuitive. Now, Abraham has an experience we would all love to have, an encounter with God and two angels. Well, how was Abraham able to have that experience? What did Abraham do to deserve such an amazing encounter? Well, the answer is counterintuitive. It wasn't an experience that Abraham went out looking for. It was almost as if Abraham expected God to show up. He didn't have to go find God. Abraham knew God would find him. And when God showed up, Abraham was simply ready. It's counterintuitive. If you want to have an encounter with God, you don't need to go looking for one. You don't have to find God. God will find you. And what Abraham did in the heat of the day gives us guidance on how we can be ready for when God shows up, because God does. Abraham's encounter with God in the heat of the day, Abraham is not seeking God out. Abraham is simply sitting there. He's literally reclining. He's reclining. If you look in verse 1, if you go back, if you still have your Bibles open there to Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. 
Now, the story right before this one is Abraham being circumcised. So it's possible that Abraham is recovering from that. But regardless, he is reclining at the entrance of his tent. He's just sitting there. Well, why? Why at the entrance of the tent? In the heat of the day, Abraham, go find some shade. Well, the entrance of the tent is where you are positioned to greet others. We create our homes so that we don't have to encounter our neighbors, right? We, we set things up in such a way that we never have to talk to our neighbors. That's how we like it. Well, that's not how it was in Abraham's day. In Abraham's day, you wanted to encounter others. And so Abraham was in this perfect position to encounter someone. If Abraham is in the tent, he never sees the Lord. Now, this is really convicting for me because I want to be doing something. I like being busy. I don't really make a whole lot of time for relationships. And I am convicted by stories like what we read in Luke chapter 10. Uh, let me read that for you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know the main reason we don't have more God encounters is because we don't have time for them, <laughs> okay? We have so many things going on that we can't possibly be bothered by God showing up because trust me, when God shows up in your life, it is not going to be convenient. <laughs> you are not going to get half the stuff done on your to-do list if you take the time to have a God encounter. It's not going to be on your timetable. Abraham had created space in his day to encounter almost anyone. And I'm really bad at putting aside my agenda for the day for relational interruptions. But here's a challenge for all of us, and I'm going to especially point this one at me. The next time you have a chance to sacrifice your agenda, your to-do list, for a relational connection. The next time you have a chance to do that, take it. You may not have time for it. You probably won't have time for it. Do it anyway. I know it's counterintuitive. But by doing so, you could have a God encounter. And it's a great question for all of us. Are you, am I, in a position to encounter God. When Abraham sees the three men, he recognizes, he recognizes who they are. Going back to the passage, verses 2 and 3, where it says, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Now, 
if you have your Bibles or your phones open, I want you to focus in on verse 2 because there's something there that we would read by a thousand times and never really catch it. But if you look at verse 2 where it says, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby, period, and then the next sentence begins, when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Now, the beginning of that second sentence, when he saw them, those four words are completely unnecessary. You do not need them to tell this story. Let me read that verse without those words, and you'll see what I mean. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. He hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. You see, you don't need those four words. So why put them in there? Now, here's a quick biblical insight. When we read the Bible and we come across these kinds of details that really are not necessary, you don't need these four words. They are there for a reason. They're not just repeating themselves. So why include the words, when he saw them? Because what it's referring to is not when he looked up and saw them and said, hey, there's some people there. What it really means there, it's sort of like saying, when he saw who they were. When he saw who they were. When he saw who they were, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Abraham knew that these were not just three random visitors. He recognized them. Now, Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Now, that verse gives great advice, and I would very much affirm it, okay? Um, but this is not what happened to Abraham. Abraham knew who they were. Abraham recognized them. Abraham had previous God encounters. Maybe that's how he was able to recognize them. But it's a great question for all of us. Would you recognize God if God showed up? If God showed up, would you even recognize him? That's a great question. Now, Abraham is in a position to meet God, and Abraham recognizes God when he visits, and Abraham is quick to respond to God's presence. Um, let me just read verses 4 to 8 of the passage for you, where Abraham says, Let a little water be brought, and then may, all, may you all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. And very well, they answered, do as you say. And so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. And then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Um, two observations. One, uh, Abraham literally does something that Jesus talks about in a parable. Some of you remember the parable of the sheep and the goats, where Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Um, I was a stranger and you invited me in. Well, that's exactly what Abraham does. 
And you'll notice, I don't know if you noticed when I read it, how much in a hurry Abraham was, where he hurried and told Sarah, quick, and then he ran, and then the calf was prepared in a hurried manner. When God showed up, Abraham was ready to respond, and he got on his feet, and it's like, let's go. God's here, let's go, let's go, let's go. Are we willing to serve God in that manner? Now, while all of us would say we would be willing to do this for God, remember that Abraham created space in his life for a God encounter. And then when God shows up, he was ready to respond. And if we want to serve God in any kind of meaningful way, well, we need to be prepared, create space in our lives for the things that God asks us to do. Because trust me, when God asks you to do something, it will not be convenient. Okay? He's more than happy to blow up your schedule. And so we need to be prepared. We need to have the space. And then there's a second observation that everything Abraham does to show God hospitality, and I hope you notice that he recruited his wife Sarah and his servant to help. But after Abraham has everything prepared and served, Abraham stops and he simply stands there while they eat. Which is kind of the whole point of everything he does. Being ready and recognizing and responding. It's all about being near to God. Remember Mary and Martha. Martha thought it was all about serving. But Mary understood it was about being near. Look, we all have responsibilities. We all have things that just simply need to be done. But at some point, we need to realize that God isn't as interested in what we do as he is in spending time with us as we are. And this is hard for us to comprehend. It's really hard for me to comprehend because there are so many things that need to be done and we all have responsibilities. But God is more interested in spending time with us as we are. So Abraham goes out of his way so his visitors can be refreshed, but in the end, Abraham is the one who gets refreshed. That's what Abraham experiences in this God encounter. He's refreshed. If I, one more time, going back to the passage, the last two verses that Kathy read, where it says, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. Well, they're in the tent, Abraham said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. You see, Abraham has a son in his old age, but Sarah does not have one in hers. And even in this patriarchal society, that had to bother Abraham. And where is Abraham going to find peace in that reality? And so as Abraham simply stands near the three visitors, God initiates this conversation. Where's your wife? By the way, she will have a son by this time next year. You see, God knows the concerns on Abraham's heart. And without Abraham saying a thing, God says, I'm going to take care of it. And so just as Abraham takes the initiative to make sure that God is refreshed, he tends to God, 
God takes the initiative to tend to Abraham. And the difference being, well, God didn't need Abraham's help, but Abraham certainly needed God's help. And how often do we, how often do we look to God for what we need versus just saying, nah, I'll take care of it. Now, I don't know how much heat you are under, the stress you feel, the worries of your life, the pressure, the anxiety. I don't know how you slept last night. Chances are, regardless of where you are on that scale, you could use a God encounter. You won't have a God encounter by working harder. You won't have a God encounter by fulfilling your responsibilities. Both of those things are good, but you need to be counterintuitive. If you want God to refresh you in the heat of the day of your life, you need to make space to recline, to put yourself in a position to recognize God when he shows up, to respond, to be refreshed. You don't need to go looking for God. Just make some space. He will find you. Please pray with me. Lord, all of us are tired in one way or another. We have many responsibilities and things to be done. Lord, I would ask that you would show each of us how to create the space we need for an encounter with you. Thank you for seeking us out. And Lord, open our eyes to see how you come into our lives each and every day. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.